have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Welcome everyone to this conversation. Super excited about this conversation that we're going to have on leadership. I've had the opportunity to get to know my guest, Steve Kirby, since I was just a little boy. Yes. And I've got to watch you and what you've done, not just in business, but your impact on our state and on our community here in Sioux Falls. And it's nothing short of impressive. So first of all, thank you for that. Thank you, Nathan. So as we get into this conversation on leadership, though, tell our listeners a little bit about you, where you grew up, and bring us up to date. I think I'm, uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me uh, do this with you. It's really cool. Uh, I'm a uh, seventh generation uh, Kirby, which is to dismay of many people. I can't figure out a way to leave. Uh, but uh, I've always been a South Dakota guy, and I, I love the phrase, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, because I had my plans all laid out. Uh, I was going to practice law in uh, Arizona, and that didn't happen, but was part of a, a family business, Western Surety, which my great-grandfather started in 1900. I thought I was going to get carried out of their boots first from the legal department, and then we sold it. And I came home one day and asked my wife, Susie, I said, what am I going to do now? Because we had a pretty good deal financially, but we've got three kids, and I got a lot of time on my hands, and uh, she told me, go, go meet with this fellow, which I did, and in 15 minutes we had the, the basic framework for what I'm at today, which is Bluestem, a private equity firm, uh, Nathan, and uh, I thought I'd be doing that forever until uh, 1993. We sold it in 92, 93, uh, Governor Mickelson and uh, seven, eight others were taken, and the next uh, week I became lieutenant governor of South Dakota, which was really fun, because I've always been active in politics, want the right guy or gal to be uh, uh, conservative and know how to uh, reflect the values of South Dakota. So I did that, um, and then went back to understanding what the heck private equity was, and then, uh, unbeknownst to me, I decided to run for governor in uh, 02 and 03, or 01 and 02, and, and uh, that, as my wife said, I didn't, uh, didn't win the primary, and that was okay. Uh, so I've been Nathan for, since, nine, since 2003, full-time, uh, and just love it. Just love the private equity play and with the people that entrust us with their money um, and the the people I get to partner with at Blue Sam is amazing and uh, so that's sort of a 50,000 foot view of where I've been. So I mean impressive, very impressive pedigree. So during that time you've seen a lot of good leaders and I'm sure a lot of poor leaders. So as you reflect back on your life today and you think about leadership, from your viewing point, what are three critical attributes of great leaders? Well, uh, one, uh, this may come as a surprise, but humility. Uh, the, the leaders that I've seen, 
It's not about them. It's about what they're doing. As Ronald Reagan said, I don't care who gets the credit, just so the job gets done. And the leaders that I've been blessed to get to know uh, do that. Another attribute of really good leaders is empowerment. Um, one of my favorites is a guy who I got to know years ago, Admiral John Poindexter, who was a national security chief under uh, Reagan. And one time when he was on the water as the admiral, he had turned the ship over to a subordinate and they got within the boats got within four feet of each other and people were screaming at the admiral, take over, take over. And he said, no, I empowered that, wh whatever his name was, and there was, there was no uh, damage, Every, everything was okay. But what a good example to remember. Um, and then uh, the last is to be uh, goal-oriented as a leader. I've seen people who say, we're going to do this and three months later, they, they have no idea what that was. Now they're doing something else. And it's typically very uh, frustrating to the, to the boots on the ground of those companies where leadership changes their goals oftentimes without uh, getting a grounds up um, analysis of where, where would those guys and gals, where would they want to go? So those are the three uh, top things that really jump out at me regarding the kind of leaders that I'd like to serve under. Okay, so let me pull apart those for a second. So let's start at the very last one, goal-oriented. So what I heard there is in setting a goal, you need to listen. Yes, yes. Listen to what the team is, but then also have to be able to set the vision and cast that vision, but then keep that on course. So pull that apart a little bit more for me. So you, you, uh, you do listen. Uh, a good leader will A, um, know it when he or she hears what they think the, the vision should be, and then they try very, very hard to make that, to have the, the team understand that, that that's where it is, and if they do a perfect job, it was the, it was the uh, decision of their team to go the route that the leader always felt uh, was the way that they were supposed to go. But it's it's one that uh, uh, also has realistic uh, goals for uh, the team members uh, that they're way into it and they get it and they can't wait to go back to their desk now that they've had a strategic planning session which is where we want to go, and then an operational session of how do we get there, two different things. Here's our strategy, and over the next 12 months, this is how we're going to go about it, and to involve the entire uh, company in framing that so that it's a realistic, you don't, you don't want to plan to fail. You want to uh, plan to win, uh, hope to succeed, but hope is not a strategy. You lay these things out and uh, watch them go. So, you know, when I look at goals, you'll appreciate this statistic. Seven billion people in the world. Only 3% of people ever set goals in the beginning of the year. Wow. And, but they usually are not yearly goals. They're usually just January goals. Because by the end of January, 
it's over. Like exactly what you just said. Yes. That jump from this lily pad to that lily pad to that lily pad. But here's what I found was interesting. The top 1% of wealth earners in the world, their average salary is $876,000 a year. Their average net worth is $11 million a year. Now, I don't get caught up on the money part of it, but that 1% is doing something different. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're right. You gotta have a goal, you have to have consistency and stick with it. Yeah, you have to, you have to stick with it until if you, you keep going until maybe, wow, we've achieved all of our milestones. Mm -hmm. uh, now we gotta jump forward. What else, you know, how are we gonna grow this thing further and get into areas that a year, a year or two years before it, they didn't think they'd be there, but because of their hard work and accomplishments, mm -hmm. uh, they've been able, Nathan, to uh, um, say, okay, we're at, we're at this level, let's take it a little higher. I'm on the board of uh, a company that has done that uh, twice in the last five years. And one was a $125 million expansion. Now five years later, they're doing a $225 million transaction which would, would not have been known to the company five years ago, but they've succeeded in getting the company to a newer level so that they can have a, a new strategic plan and goals. Yeah, so don't, don't stop adapting and don't stop striving for the next level. Yeah, and uh, this, is, this is really important. And we had a company like this. It turned out to be a very uh, f a successful company but we went through three rounds of leadership and interestingly, the first two groups of leaders came to the board and said, uh, it's too big for us. Mm. It's gone beyond my skill set. You've got to replace me. And interestingly, they knew who, they, they suggested a replacement. And so we went from Scott and Glenn to Jim, and then Jim did the same thing that we thought would never happen. And he said, we need somebody bigger. And we went to Bob, and with Bob, we, uh, we sold the company a couple of years later. But uh, again, humility. I was gonna say, humility and empowerment. Yeah. I mean, that's great example. That was the two great, ex you're right, two great examples of guys who, who didn't lack uh, ego, mm -hmm. but said, this is too big for us. And yeah. I thought, wow, that's really cool. I love it. All right, so I'm gonna take a left turn on you. Okay. When Blue Stem looks to invest in a company, what are you looking for? It's very interesting you ask that question and, and for your viewers, uh, um, it's, in, it's in our website, but there, while I'd like to take a lot of credit for the criterion, it's actually a criterion that came out of a book about aimed at fifth graders. It wasn't that big a deal, but it was uh, to go with re really good people of high integrity. Uh, we don't always see that. Warren Buffett said he wants three things in uh, somebody that he's going to employ. They're smart, they work hard, and they have the highest integrity. But if they don't have integrity, he doesn't want them to have the other two because it's so hard yeah. to figure out their environment. Right. Uh, so a good person who's got a successful track record in the business we're being asked to invest in. Nathan, so many times uh, they'll, 
knock it out of the park with a business over here. So they think they have the Midas touch. Whatever they touch is going to be great. And they go over here and just throw something at us. So we say, uh, you uh, operate that um, for a year and we'll see what your track record is. But right now you don't have a track record in that. And the other one that's really important to us criteria-wise is uh, the only way the entrepreneur is going to win is if our investors win. They can't frame a deal where if we agreed to it, uh, the day after we've agreed to it, the entrepreneur's got a financial success because of the salary that we gave them or uh, the options, stock options, things of that nature. So they're in it with us. They uh, um, agree to the same things that we do. And by the way, it's the same thing that we do at Bluestem with our investors. The only way our investors, uh, the only way for Bluestem to win is if our investors win. Uh, we, we, so we, as we say, we've got all 10 fingers and all 10 toes on the same side of the desk. There's, there's no conflict. Everybody's there uh, together. Um, and also we wanted, uh, this may sound a little odd, but we want to surround ourselves with a board that is v top notch. They're just, they're great. We, we d want them to uh, come on board with deep pockets to help us uh, finance the companies as they, as they grow. So those are the top four-ish. Uh, and if we, We've held, we've just been barely smart enough to hold to that since we got started in 92, so 31 years ago. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's transition. Who are some people in your life that have helped mentor you to teach you these leadership principles? Who are, whether you, they're close to you, whether you've read about them, who are just some, some people that have really helped mold you? Well, I'm, I like to keep things uh, in confidence, but I can't read enough about Winston Churchill. Just an amazing, amazing man. There's a book, Five Days in June, that's a short read, but it shows Winston Churchill literally against the world when Adolf was doing all of his nasties. Uh, that's one. Another one was a, a friend of mine in Colorado Springs who's since passed, but was really giving of his time to say, uh, come to Colorado Springs and let's, let's chat. And he was a phenomenal uh, mentor of mine. Uh, others in business that I've uh, seen that, uh, well, emulate the uh, leadership qualities, the three leadership qualities that I was talking about. And wow, I mean, to watch them in action is just a, uh, a wonderful learning tool for me. Awesome. Uh, routine. Leaders, I get an opportunity to be and listen and observe, and they all have a routine. Now, some don't even think they have a routine, but they have a routine. What's your routine, or what's your, been your routine over the years? Wow, well, routine, uh, the routine is, uh, um, there's, there's three legs to a stool. There's uh, spiritual, physical, and mental. And uh, I really try and adhere to having regular workouts, albeit not uh, killing myself, but just really good uh, workouts mentally to keep uh, growing, to keep reading, uh, to understand what else is out there, which becomes a very humble 
reaction um, and spiritual. Uh, I'm uh, love the Lord. Try and be uh, uh, adhere to the uh, what I, I read every morning during my quiet time. Gosh, if I can uh, adhere to one percent of what I've read, it's been it's been a good day. Uh, so those are sort of the routine. And I'll tell you, if, for me, if I miss the routine, if it's messed up due to travel, of which I do a lot, the routine's out the window. And so it's really tough to remember what I'm supposed to be doing at this time of day, first thing in the morning or, or whatever. But uh, wow, if I, if I ha keep to that routine, life's just a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I've got time to uh, meet with and uh, groom uh, our, my fellow workers to uh, reach out to uh, the investors who have blessed us with their investment capital. Uh, my family is really, really uh, important to me, so it's kind of God family job. Reminds me, you know, when you're, when you're talking about that routine, John Maxwell had a quote, good intentions won't get it done, but intentional living will. Ooh, yeah. Which is a great, just as you were saying that, it reminded me of that quote that you've got to be intentional. Yeah. And that routine sets you up for success, whatever that routine is. And it's different for everybody. Somebody just shared this with me this morning. Well, I, it was you. You just said it. January plans. Yeah. They, they have all, the, it's a new year mm -hmm. and they come up with new plans. And by February 15, it was, what did I do? But, yeah. yeah. So, and wow. So I don't want to disappoint myself or those around me. So in my routine, I want to stick to it because that's the best. That makes me the best that I can be. And I have to stick with that or uh, wow, it's I'm in uncharted waters. Yeah. All right. So we're going to close with this question. A lot of people listening are aspiring to be better leaders. And some don't even really sometimes see themselves as leaders. Where would you tell somebody to start that's trying to improve their leadership? It's a very good question. Um, and it's the same. My answer, Nathan, is the same one that we give our entrepreneurs. Uh, you grow from your strength. I'm sort of counseling a businessman uh, who's got financial strain and so I've told that person, you know what? Uh, what's your strength? Mm -hmm. And he identified it and I could see it. I said, just limit yourself to that. Grow from your strength and if you do it, you'll help yourself in so many ways because you have to emulate, you have to bring in the uh, characteristics of leadership and that's all part of your, your skill set, your strength. But for your business, build from your strength. Don't try and be a jack of all trades because what happens is you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm -hmm. There's not enough time in the day for that person to do all these different things. So it's kind of tough. Um, a fellow who just passed away, uh, Sam Zell from Chicago, uh, stuck to his criteria and sometimes it was really, really hard. Um, and that's the way uh, I think my teammates at, at Blue Stem uh, do the same thing. They, they know what they're good at and they know what they're not good at. We've got a phenomenal uh, fellow who knows how to uh, pick apartment complexes. He's out of Denver 
and he knows better than anybody we've ever met where the apartment complexes are that he wants to invest, that Bluestem will invest with. He will not, and he's been doing it for 30 years, Nathan, but he will not try to manage the apartments because he knows that he's not any good at it. So he gets third parties to manage them. That, that says so much about him that I, I can do this, I can't do that. And so growing from his strength, he's amazing in that business. And that is uh, sometimes a real uh, important, important, thing that, important thing that people just overlook. They just don't understand it. Well, I think, you know, it's, if you, it's kind of countercultural because we grow up in our education system. You know, if the kid comes home with a report card, and there's three A's, a C, and a D, what do we focus on? Yeah. The yeah. C and the D, right? right? But I think that we do have to identify our strengths. So that's what I'm hearing you say. First, take the, if you're trying to get started, what are you good at? Identify your strengths and then feed to your strengths. Yeah. Just shut everything else yeah. off. If that's, and go to people, you talk about mentors, you talk yeah. about people you look up to. If that's your strength, Go bounce it off somebody for whom you have the deepest respect, and they might go, yeah. no. You're lousy at that. No. <laughs> or they might say, wow, yeah. you've really got, now you've got to focus and bang it out. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you for this time. Thank you. Thank you for your leadership. Yeah. Appreciate you so much. Thank you.